Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with hosts Phil Davis and Liz Heemstrom. Hello, everyone, all branding fans worldwide. We're back for another week of brilliant branding. Um, and this week is like every other week, power, power packed, information packed. Aaron says to us, our sound engineer, he says, this week, let's make it a great show. And I, I always wonder to myself, is that a word of encouragement or is he implying? This week, can we make it good? <laughs> could we actually make a great show this week? Aaron, we will do you proud. This is going to be a great show because it's on something that people frequently ask us about. So we did a little SEO on our website this week, and we found out that the number one keyword phrase that people are coming to us about is the branding process. And I think it's intimidating whether you're a startup, an entrepreneur, a growing company, and you're looking at either coming up with a new brand identity for your company or you want to rebrand a company that maybe the, the name is outdated or it's not working anymore, it's troublesome, to say, well, what does the branding process look like? We've been hired by a number of companies where they've said to us, Liz, you know, we're newbies at this. Yeah. You know, so. What can we expect? What can we expect? What does it look like? So today, we're going to give you five proven strategies for successful branding. It's a, a successful branding process strategies. Strategy, process, branding. Let's just marvel that up. All of it. All of it. The process, the strategy of the All process, of the success so, of the project strategy process. Yes. So if we haven't inspired you already, you're going to have some clear direction. Yes. So there's five <laughs> steps that we're going to do to help walk you through the process because it's just, it's a mystery. How do we come up with a name? Well, where do you, do you just pull it out of a hat? How do you do it? So... Uh, number one is determine your primary pain points. And this seems like a really obvious place to start. But a lot of times we're almost, we sometimes say here that we're like, we get those calls like we're the dentist that is dealing with someone with a toothache. Yeah. So, so the pressing or immediate issue might be we have a trade show coming up. We're a brand new company and we're going to be launching in two months. Or... There's this other thing. My partner, I'm leaving another partnership, mm -hmm. and I can only use the current name for another month. Yep. So a lot of times they're very deadline driven, um, you know. Or there's a trademark. I've been given a cease and desist, or just I just need to go to market. Right. And while that is very legitimate and absolutely has to be taken into account, by really determining your primary pain point, you can see if whether that should be the driver. Should mm -hmm. that be the driver of your brand? Yeah. And and how many times have we seen where the initial driver just comes and goes? The trade the trade show goes by. But guess what doesn't just go by? That brand name that you picked in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think the step one is just to be cognizant of why you're doing this and not let the the you know, the the hall the fear get in there of not meeting some kind of commitment or deadline overshadow the importance of building a strong 
structure and foundation for your brand that you're going to have to live with for, for years and years on end. Okay, so before embarking on any brand process, just identify those drivers. Write them down. It's no problem. It's If it's a trademark issue, it's a trademark issue. It, or is the company name just too common sounding? You find out it's just always floating in a sea of lookalikes. We've talked about in our own category how many naming companies have the word naming in their naming company. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, uh, naming this, naming that, the, the blank namers, the name blankers, and the, you know, it's on and on and on. So maybe you're, you just have, you're tired of having a common sounding name. You can't even protect it because it's just, or it's so literal. It's too descriptive. Maybe it's geographically defined and you just go, if I say this one more time and someone asks me, do you only serve people in that community? I'm going to go crazy. Well, so again, all these things are often the frustrations that bring people to our door. Yeah. But they shouldn't be necessarily what drives the branding process. The branding process should be driven by your need to create clarity and to communicate your core essence. And what do we call that core essence, Liz? Your pivot, pivot point. point. That yeah. pivot point is that thing around which all your goods and services revolve, that thing that you're you do when you're doing when you're doing your best with your best customer. That's that's who you are. So your brand should really reflect that. So what are the things? Um, sometimes businesses are just tired of having a name and a non-matching domain name. We see that a lot. Right. We saw one the other day. I had the word a hyphen in it and the word yes at the end mm-hmm. because their name wasn't available. Yeah, I actually don't know why yes was at the end of that. It was an acronym with a hyphen and a yes. I don't know if the yes was actually another acronym and it just spelled yes or if they... Yeah, so those are those kind of like, let's uh, let's get it done. Let's make it work for now. But for now, it comes back like a boomerang, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So we don't want you to do that in your branding process. We're going to lay it out so that you're addressing these, you know, these are legitimate issues but at the same time thinking longer term. Um, so write all these issues out as much as possible. Here's everything that's kind of currently wrong with our current name or here's what we're concerned about if we haven't named our company yet. Yeah. And list that out. We want to make sure we've got trademark and that we've got this. Um, defining your objectives will clarify your thinking. We're all about brand clarity here at Tungsten and help you to evaluate your brand priorities to make sure you've got them right. Um, yeah, sure, you've got a trade show in a month, but is that deadline more important than having a coherent, compelling brand identity? And that's what you're going to feel really good about in the long run. And sure, lots of names will get you out of trademark uh, trouble. You can always take a Scrabble bag, (laughs) Scrabble trademark, I'll reach in there, throw some on there, and I'm sure you'll come up with something that no one's ever had before, and there's a reason. Yep. Because it's that bad. Uh, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have a name now that will grow your business. So list the issues out that are driving the branding process and all the boxes that you absolutely have to have ticked just on a very pragmatic level. Um, and that will then help you to gauge those. So if you have a moment or you're reviewing this um, somewhere where you can sit on, just I take an opportunity to just write these out. And the beauty of this is today, starting as of today, we're going to put this into a PDF and we're going to make this available on our website at tungstenbranding.com. So as you hear the show and you're driving or you're thinking this through, 
you'll be able to go to our website and find this um, five proven strategies for successful for a successful branding process. So that's number one. Number one, you've determined your primary pain points. Number two, now that you have a sense of what it is that's really motivating you to make this change and you've really looked at it and prioritized that, you need to assemble your team. And this is something, again, that we've run into that often gets overlooked. Mm -hmm. People don't think this through in the branding process. They'll go, oh, well, I guess it's me. Well, you guess it's you or it is you. Mm -hmm. Or I guess it's me, but my partner might weigh in on it. Weigh in on, on the end of it as in no way, I don't like that name, but they were never there. Or my spouse is going to be involved. On what level? You know, running them casually by your spouse. Um, with larger companies, it might be like the president can't make any of the meetings, but he or she has the final say-so. Yeah. And we always say, if they cannot be involved Throughout the process, they should not be in the, the decision-making team. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, you can't delegate responsibility without authority or it won't get done. If you're, if someone's going to delegate you, if you're the marketing director, <clears throat> excuse me, and someone says, well, get this done, you need to go back and say, well, well, I have the authority then to call the shot on this. Right, right. Yeah. I think where you hear that time when uh, someone told us at the very end of the process, didn't even bring up the fact that there was an outside investor. Yeah. Yep. And then at the very end, it was like everybody agreed. They're on the same page. They kind of came to consensus. And, you know, and the thing about brand names is sometimes it takes a while for them to kind of roll around in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you see kind of a secondary messaging that could go on with it. And then you see a, a word play in it that you didn't see at first. And then you could see how this... Well, all of that marinates kind of in, in the group's mind. Yeah. And then if you just hit somebody cold with it at the end, yeah, they're nine times out of ten going to go, I, I don't know, it just sounds weird. It's weird because it's new. It's a new name. Yeah. Yep. And they had their own ideas as well, and they weren't part of our process. So I remember when we pitched the name to them, they were – they seemed a little off-put and not even open to the possibility as they hadn't... It's like they weren't included. They weren't included. Just, yeah. So they sat outside, which is fine. But then again, if you're going to be outside, then be outside and be okay with what what exactly. the result is. Yeah. And trust your people. Mm-hmm. Right? Or if you don't and you want to be your hands-on kind of person or the, the money person or whatever wants to be more hands-on, then invite them into that group. So this is all about determining your team. The other thing we say is you're going to gather widely. This is not a being exclusionary. When you get in further on, when we talk about actually coming up with the names, you want to gather widely. You want everybody's input that you can get, but you want to decide narrowly. So a camel is a horse made by committee. If you say, well, we want a name that pleases everybody. We're going to have a great big team. Everyone is going to get their hand in on this. We're going to you know, get everybody involved you'll end up with lowest common denominator names. Absolutely. They're not good names. They're the least offensive name. And a good brand name is just, it's paradoxical because good brand names usually are disruptive or they stand out or they're unique. And those are all the ones that somebody will object to. (laughs) Yeah. So if you don't have a small focused team and we're going to say these people are going to decide, 
then you'll you'll acquiesce and you'll go, well, you know, this person didn't like that. So that leaves us with, you know, what is the most classic name of all names like Summit, mm-hmm. you know, or Apex. Um, it's just, you know, Century, something that's just so banal and commonplace and pedestrian. Um, and that those aren't good results. So Terminator team, keep it small, keep it tight. And I think, yeah, especially like when you have so many people at the end of the day, really no one ends up being happy. Yeah. Just like you say, lowest common denominator. It's just sort of like everyone. It's just pretty much at the end of the process, they've probably been arguing and brainstorming and people are sort of just throwing in the towel at that point. Right, right. That's not what you want because you want to have a name that is representative of who you are and not just for the sake of having to come up with a name. Yeah, and you know, the other thing, too, that hits me is that really the branding process is not a democratic process. No. You know, we love it in America talking about democracy and everything, and it it serves its role in many, many functions. But in business, a lot of times business is really about leadership. Mm -hmm. That's why they have the president of the company, you know. I mean, the president doesn't go around every time a business decision is going to be made and go, well, let's just ask every employee to vote on this. <laughs> then why would you need the president of the company? Right. And usually the company is spearheaded or led by somebody who was a visionary. You know, they have an idea. They have something in their heart they want to communicate. So this small team of people going through the branding process needs to understand what that vision is and what that heart is and what that emotion is. Mm-hmm. And in that way when you bring the names in and you start talking about the brand and you go, yes, that really fits and that resonates with this. Yep. But if you shop it out to everybody, everything's going to get shot down. Yep. So keep it small, keep it tight, um, be willing to gather. And one way to do it is just to tell people, we really are respectful of your time and I don't think you're, you're going to want to be dragged into a bunch of meetings. And most people will, you know, willfully and gleefully say, no, I don't want to be dragging along. So we're going to be asking some questions and putting out some surveys or asking for input in our brand development form. But we're going to be deciding this, you know, as, as a small group. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we've covered that. So determine your inner circle. Who are the people? Your cabinet. That, right. It's your cabinet. <laughs> yes. And hopefully it doesn't revolve every couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's timely. Yes. So um, number three is you're going to then you've got your group. So you know what your pain points are. You've looked at them to make sure that your pain points aren't necessarily driving the process. You're not rebranding simply to get away from a problem. You're branding to get towards a solution, not just away from a problem, but towards a solution, a good solution and one that will put you in better shape. Um, with that in mind, you now have dissembled your team and there are people that share the vision. They have an understanding of what's in your heart and your purpose and the drive and the mission of the company. And they're on board with you. doesn't mean that they're right. yes people. And I think also they're empowered to make the decision because I yes. think sometimes companies will reach into, cause they want to include everyone and other people will kind of come into this meeting and feel like, why am I even, why am I here? Right. And they're like, why am I included in this? And they're just sort of hanging in the back and, you know. So, so those are the two first steps we're going to be talking about. And we're going to get into the other three, uh, determine your pain point, 
and definitely assemble your team. And we get back from the break, we'll talk about step number three, and you're already well on your way and your branding process to creating a, a strong and great company brand. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. Welcome back. And we're talking this week about five proven strategies for a successful branding process. So you're rebranding your company. You're starting a new one. What is the process? Well, first of all, identify what it is that's bugging you. I don't have a name. That is a real pain point. We had one gentleman that was uh, had a huge contract worth several hundred thousand dollars, but had to show up in a couple of weeks. And to get the check, had to hand him a business card with a name on it. Mm-hmm. So I get that. And we deal a lot with entrepreneurs, startups, um, and venture-funded companies, and all, all kinds. Growing companies, rebranding. And sometimes those kind of uh, obliterate your vision because you're thinking of that paycheck or going to market or getting it. But you don't you don't want to go out of the proverbial frying pan and into the fire. So, yeah, you got a name that you slept. We, and how many times have we heard this one? And we've heard this one numerous times. Well, can I just put on blank, blank company, just throw this on and then and then rebrand in like three weeks? Yeah. No. Why go through, Why go through it twice? all of that? Yeah, right. it never makes sense. To you me. know, but you can just feel the urgency of it. So we tell people, take a breath, 
We can get this all handled. Mm -hmm. And so determine those pain points and make sure they don't overshadow the more important thing of establishing a strong brand. So do that, then determine your team members. You thought you were the decision maker, but just make sure somebody doesn't come bombing in at the last minute going, whoa, 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 I thought I was in on this. Mm -hmm. Because that just now it resets the whole process. So now you know we're going to have these three people. We like to also uh, encourage people to always decide with odd numbers. One decision maker, (laughs) three decision makers, or five decision makers are ideal. And what that does is it kind of just automatically creates a quorum, right? I mean, if two people go, I don't know, we both like that. I think it hits all the marks. and It makes the third person have to really think about it a little bit. Well, maybe it does, you know? Yep. Um, and the other reason you don't want to get too big on the decision-making team, and I've been in this situation, especially if you're a credit union or a bank or you're one of these big nonprofits, you just have this feeling you want to be inclusionary, you get everybody involved, there's always somebody in the group who gets their sense of power from being a detractor. Mm-hmm. So they'll just sit in the back of the room and pot shot everything. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, and I've had, I'll tell you, Liz, a couple of tricks I had to do to get through that. I had a group where there was just too many cooks in the kitchen. And I had one person that was just every time a name was floated that seemed to match what everybody wanted, there would just be, no, I don't like it. And so sometimes in those dynamics, you just turn the table. You go, well, well let's hear some ideas that you would have. And obviously these aren't any, so why don't we give them? Well, if they're that strict on it doesn't do this and there's too many syllables and I don't like this and I like that that tends to be you know judge that ye be not judged right and uh, to get through that hurdle a couple of times I've just turned and said well how about we have some input of what you think are some good strategies and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden wide-eyed right that person's going to taste of what we get every day which is all that judgment right yeah and 30 people start going well I think that sounds like blah 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 yeah, right. <laughs> and that shut down immediately. Yeah. Well, the best part is, especially if you're doing it yourself, if you have an odd number of decision makers and there's one person that's the odd man out, they, you can just outvote them. Right. I mean, and you <laughs> so, know, you never want to do it in a, in a heavy-handed well, way. Well, yeah. But it tends to work itself out. It's like, yes. really? You two really both see that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, and then it tends to come around. It's just a natural thing. You don't like, you know, two against two. Yeah. Um, and these sound like really weird issues to bring up, but this is just, that's why we say these are proven strategies. Yeah. Because we've lived these. Right. I yeah. mean, it's important to think about, Sounds, when you guys, especially when you have a team group dynamics. Yeah. Group dynamics. A lot of this is psychology, getting through this minefield of creating a name. So, you know you know what it is that's driving it, but just don't let it drive you crazy. So, yeah, there's a trademark issue. Yeah, we have a trade show. But let's now get to the... You got your team. Let's get to the the meat of it. Let's determine what it is you do want. We call that determining your brand criteria. Sometimes people will create um, a branding brief. We've gotten those before. So it could be a branding brief. We call it brand criteria. And that's, there's the must-haves, and then there's the should-haves, the want, the wants. These are the important things that the brand really should convey. So now that you know what the actual issues are, the things that have everybody's hair on fire, and you've got those managed now, um, and you know who your team members are, uh, let's take a big picture or long range view of what it is you want to do with your new brand. Um, you know what you're trying to avoid, you know what you're trying to overcome, the trademark issues, lack of clarity, uh, current name is difficult to pronu- 
um, pronounce, 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 um, the lack of a domain <laughs> name that matches a hyphen in the domain, um, incongruencies, whatever they are. But now it's time to get out your wish list, and this is the fun part. What is it that you really want from this new name and the branding process that will most benefit your company over the long haul? So I'm going to give you some examples of company branding criteria or qualities that you might want your new company to possess. One, it might be that you want it to be memorable. Maybe what you're coming out of is, you know, remember we had urethane, what was it? Supply company. Urethane supply company. (laughs) I can't remember it. Uh, (laughs) Case in point. Yeah. Um, Just very generic, the industry they were in, you know, very nondescript. Uh, they were no longer doing just urethane and it just those kind of names, industry kind of blah, blah names, yep. pedestrian, garden variety names. So maybe one of the things you want out of your new, geez, I just would love to have a name that really pops. It's memorable. So write that down. That's one of the things we wanted. Do you want it to be scalable? Maybe the issue you've had, and these comes out of the no, step number one, the pain points, mm-hmm. is that you got boxed in because you called it, you know, the Brevard Drug Company. And now you're not in Brevard anymore. You expanded. So there's a geographic thing. Um, There's something else that has limited you. You had the product name in your name. You had something that you constantly have spent the last year, two, three years explaining. And typically, you know you're having that issue and you say, we're more than. Yeah. And you talk about whatever it is. Um, Maybe you want the name to be more compelling. You want a name that hooks people, creates intrigue or interest, kind of wets people's um, appetite to know more. Oh, really? That's that's interesting. What do you guys do? That's a great question. Not like a confused, what do you do? Mm-hmm. But a tell me more, what do you do? Yeah. Um, and one of the points you brought up this morning, Liz, was um, some companies have a need to, to create authenticity. You might be a nonprofit. You might be mission-driven. And you want that sense of authenticity to come through. Maybe the name reflects even your heritage, yeah. Or where you came from or your roots. You want that to come through so that people feel the genuineness of your brand. And that's one of the things that you want. Um, I would also throw in maybe evocative. Some companies say, I want a name that doesn't so much dis- mechanically, methodically describe what we do, but it evokes a sense of what we're about. Yeah. And then that one, the, the name that always comes to mind to me is the one that we named Early Moments. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing the gift of reading. I mean, it just it really pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's not reading world. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's that missed moments that you're gonna not have if you don't take a time out of your day to spend with your child. So that's an evocative type name. And the third one, or this last one that we have, it's not third, or I'm just giving you examples of what you want for your branding criteria. Yeah. Maybe you want it to be just multidimensional. And by that we mean, I think, and I think this is one of the most important things to get out of a new brand, is is there an ability to go transcend the name and to get into a deeper conversation mm-hmm. about the company? Yeah. So many names, and we're seeing more and more, there's companies that are out there who specialize in nothing but creating the story of your brand. And having that ability takes it from being a two-dimensional, like name, kind of a facade on the building, and like creating the building that you go into. Now I can enter your brand because there's more to it. It's not just a clever name or it's not catchy. There's actually 
dimension to it. Mm-hmm. We created the name tungsten because we wanted the conversation not to be about light bulbs, but about clarity, insight, illumination, enlightenment. Um, and so it opens the door to say, you know, what is it that caused you to name the company the way you did? What is it that you guys provide? And, we, and it, it, it loads our lips mm-hmm. with a lexicon where we can talk about our brand. Yeah. And is that important to you? If you're a retail and mass market kind of company, maybe you don't need to, you know, Target, I don't think needs to get into a deep story about having targeted items. And Right, right. You know, so if you're if you're d- developing a company that's very mass market, you might not need a, a, a big backstory. Where I see that come into play is with consulting companies. That really creating these kind of names, Ember House we talked about, creates that connection of what is Ember House? It's rekindling. Yeah. It's re- stoking people's passions. It's mm-hmm. it's taking the ashes of, of, of a past and, and rebuilding a, a vibrant, flaming yeah. you know, fire again. Yeah, very mission-driven companies yeah. will want an evocative name, so dimensional name. We're, we've just... Through those together, memorable, scalable, compelling, authentic. I want it to be evocative or dimensional. These are just a few examples and only a few of the type of qualities that a strong brand can offer. Mm -hmm. So develop your own list. And then you're going to mix in these things that you want along with your must-haves. Of course, you've got to have some kind of a dot-com. And you don't want a butchered one with hyphens and descriptive words mashed in. Of course, you're going to want trademark availability, but you might throw in things too, like I want it to be these things, but I also want it to be easy to pronounce. Yeah, or I want it to be real word, or I want it to be a made-up word. A made-up word, right. So this way, you'll have the best of all worlds, names that work to communicate your brand message while also overcoming those functional hurdles that need to be addressed, uh, but they shouldn't be driving your branding process. Most importantly, put this criteria in order of importance. So for the purpose of an example, we have an imaginary startup IT company, and we created a list that they might have as their brand criteria for the branding process. Um, Number one, it should sound innovative and leading edge. Maybe that's what they say. You know, we just want to sound like because we're inventing all kinds of stuff that's never been done before in ways that people have never done it. Mm-hmm. We really want that to be front and forward. Um, it should sound also robust and capable and dependable because we don't want to sound like we're new, but we're so new that we're fly by night. Mm-hmm. Okay. The name's got to allow for future growth and expansion. Um, and it can't contain, now here's the, it can't, this is the pain point, can't contain any dated words because maybe their old name had the word computer in it. Mm-hmm. or hosting mm-hmm. and they outgrew that um, it's got to be easy to pronounce and spell and it really needs to have an available dot com but maybe in this case you're okay with adding the word a word to it like consulting or systems right and it must have a trademark available in the United States that's a very clear set of criteria wouldn't you agree yes I mean if someone came to us and said, this is what we're looking for. Boy, that's some marching orders. Right. I mean, we can go right to town on that. And so whether you're doing this yourself or whether you're hiring somebody, this is the kind of informative, instructive document 
that will lead, guide, and direct your branding process. And it also gives the process structure. That's what you need. Yes. Because without that structure, it devolves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it just becomes... It's shoot from the hip. Crap show. Yeah. It's just, I like it. I don't like it. uh, You know. So list your own brand criteria, um, both your desirable brand characteristics that you want your your new brand to convey and the must-haves throw them in there with it and then yeah. prioritize that if if you could only do you know two or three of these five things what is it you most want to do? tungsten's a great example mm-hmm. and i say it's a great example not because it's a perfect name i say it's a great example because it's an imperfect name it does the most important thing which it, it conveys our idea of clarity insight all the things the conversation we want to have it's not the easiest name to spell so it kind of flunked on spelling. People, I sometimes T-U-N-G-S-T-E-N. I've had people try to go O-N. Mm-hmm. But since that was a four or a five on our list, yeah, what won the day was it messaged well. Mm-hmm. It got us to where we wanted to go. Yeah. All right. So you list those out. Boom, 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 boom. This is what really becomes your creative brief if you're going to give this to a, to an outside firm. Or you're going to do that. So step number four. So you've got this. Man, we're getting somewhere now. We've got our formula. We know what we want to do. We have our team on board. Here's the big question. You want to do this yourself? Or do you want to hire someone? And I compare it a lot to a kitchen remodel job. If you've ever been to Lowe's or Home Depot, you see these beautiful cabinets. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, how hard can this be? Yeah. They're just boxes, right, Liz? Yeah. Just You can just rip the old ones out. Yeah. That'll take, what, half an hour? No! <laughs> then I just you unscrew that, you know, turn the water. You haven't watched enough of those HGTV, gone obviously. Bad. Those jobs gone bad. Yeah. Kind of things. You, so, there's always something wrong. Geez, there's you forgot roaches, to turn the water there's off. There's waters, there's yeah, old pipes. There's spraying. always something. There's you holes go. in the wall. You never know. And don't you love, uh, they always show you these quick remodel tips, and it's always like 30-second commercial of how you can redo your kitchen. Just do it. Remove the boxes, put in the new ones, and put the counters on them. They make it look so easy. Yeah, that was your 30-second remodeling tip from... So a lot of times this, <laughs> you've got this, and everything you've done to date needs to be done regardless. You need to know what it is you want your brand to say. These are all internal things you need to have done. Mm-hmm. Now's the here comes the yeoman's job of actually creating this animal. So at this point, this is when you want to start looking at, do we want to tackle the actual naming of it? This is where the skill sets come in. And this isn't a job that people do every day. I compare it a lot to a track team. You know, you could say, well, we've got a lot of people, you know, that are runners on our team. Yeah, but some of them are milers, two milers. Some are sprinters. And on a track team, some of the heavy people do the shot put. (laughs) Right. You see that guy get off the bus. And uh, you go, this is the track team? <laughs> yeah, well, he's our shot putter. Yeah, you know? right. So even in our own industry, we have people that send this job out to us because it's like watching dry paint dry. You sit and you spend hours in a thesaurus brainstorming, using different naming techniques, um, looking up domain names, searching the USPTO, seeing if somebody else has it. So that's time that you have to judge. Is that better spent internally 
and we keep that in-house and we do that process ourselves, or do we outsource this? So then now that you and your team have your objectives, you're ready to go to work, you're creating a new company name, you're rebranding an existing company, well, that takes creativity, time, and just good old-fashioned tenacity. And that's what we find a lot of times, just going at it. If you have an experienced naming firm that can shorten the timeline and assist in your branding process by helping you with your brand criteria, vetting that with you, your timelines, your name generation, your research, and your project management. And they can also share naming strategies you might not have thought of that will accomplish your brand messaging goals. And there's a number of them. Positive connotation names, metaphors, coined or invented names, evocative names, etc. Uh, and that way you'll have a choice of methods and options in achieving that brand outcome that you want. If you go it alone, you're just going to have to map out your milestones. You're going to have to delegate who's doing what to avoid duplication and just endless brainstorming sessions. And you're going to need to enlist the services of a trademark attorney to help vet your top ideas. So make sure you evaluate each of your naming candidates based on that pre-agreed branding criteria if you do it internally, and not on personal biases. And that's when you get, I don't like it, it reminds me of this weird uncle that I had. Um, and you yeah. get these kind of, then it jumps track and it devolves into this weird um, jumble. So we've covered four. You're going to come back after the break. We're going to talk about number five, and that's getting to the end result and what you do next. So you've been listening to Brilliant Branding on today's show where we have been discussing five proven strategies for a successful branding process, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story, and getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back and we're down to the good stuff, right? (laughs) So you've been through this branding process, you've outlined it, you know what you want, you've prioritized your list. I want, man, I want the perfect name should do all these things. Maybe it won't do all six or seven things you want it to do, but it's at least going to do the top three or four. There's going to be agreement because you're going to ping the name against this objective list that you've come up with and not, well, you know, what about if we called it blah? You know, and <laughs> boy, well, you know, I just I don't, don't know, know about I don't that, like that one. one. Oh, I, how about this? You know, uh. and it just gets willy nilly and it's unstructured and everything. So today, the reason we've been talking about this is it's, again, probably the number one search phrase when people come to our site is just how do you do this weird thing called branding? Mm-hmm. And so the process we've been going through today will help you really create kind of guardrails or brand rails yes. for coming up with something that on the other end of it, it's going to, you know, and we've had people at the very end, they get kind of numb because they've, after, you know, going through this. And I would say you need to allow yourself at least four to eight weeks if you're doing this internally or same thing if you hire a naming firm to really go through this. If it's a big company with all kinds of strings and fingers that run off of this, you know, car wraps and signage and everything, it could, it could take as long as six months. But that's more implementation. But as you as you do this and you unpack this, you're going to want to make sure that you go through all of this so the name conveys exactly what you want it to mean. You have everybody on board. They're all speaking in, in one accord. And you don't have people go rogue this way and break rank. And then that disrupts the process. And that's why people come to us a lot of times is they didn't have a process and now it's just kind of a broken play. Mm-hmm. They've gone at it like six times and they've beat their head against a wall. So now you've got your brand criteria, you've gone through it, you've come up with three candidates, you love them um, for different reasons. And this is where a lot of times people say to us, well, how do I pick a winner? And I've compared it, I wrote a blog post on this to it's almost like if you, even if whether you golf or don't golf, and I don't golf, and there's a good reason. but. <laughs> And we know enough about golf to know that if you stand there and you hit a ball and you land close to the tee, you want to one putt your brand name. And people have an unrealistic expectation there's a perfect brand. Well, that's like shooting a hole in one. It's not like they never happen. But even professional golfers might go their entire career and without hitting a hole in one. Yeah. And think of how much lost opportunity cost you'd have if you stood at the at the tee off box and you didn't move on with your business until you hit a hole in one. So what we tell our clients is, you've laid up three or four names right up next to the pin. 
which one's the easiest to just put in? Practice saying it. Introduce it. Say the name. Practice saying, hey, I'm with blank. Oh, what would be the next question someone would ask? Well, how would they interact with you? What would be said next? And what is the easiest for you to help you segue from that name into a deeper conversation? You know, um, you know, who are you with? We had a company that was, um, we're with Altacent, an IT company. Altacent. So what do you guys do? Well, we do IT management. You know, you hear the int in it. And uh, we call it Altacent because we're always reaching higher. And Alta is Latin for, for a height or tall. It's got that strong A. All of their literature has kind of mountain peaks in it. And we're always trying to achieve a higher standard of performance. And so it takes you right into elevated performance, reaching higher, achieving an objective, reaching the summit. And that name sat real well with the client. So roll these out, play with them. And sometimes it comes down to, if you don't know, give it to your trademark attorney, your counsel, and say which one has the best shot of going through and which of these gives us the most white space. In other words, maybe there's one name that you really like, but there are a couple, they're not a trademark issue, but mm, they're enough to muddy the water. Mm -hmm. But this one really helps us to stand out. So pick your brand name. You know, there there won't always be this aha moment. Once in a blue moon there is, what would you say, Liz, out of out of ten times, how many just go, ah, Oprah moment, that's it? I mean, just... Over a name? Like, yeah. just like right Out of then? ten, I would say. Out of ten? Um, maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's about right. One or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I would say the majority of them go, you know, everybody keeps coming back to this one name. Yeah. It just, it just feels right. It's easy to say. We like it. The more yeah. we think about it. It's easy to get to kind of what our core competency is. Um, you know, it, it just it just seems to it just feels right. It feels good, but it's not. You know, it's not rockets don't go off. <laughs> right. You know, so choose that winner. So whether you conduct your branding process internally or externally, you'll reach that decision point. Like we said, practice the name, roll it out, introduce yourself go through that kind of that dummy exercise of getting on and off the elevator. Pick the winner by choosing the name that most easily segues from your brand name into a natural, deeper conversation about the company. I had a driver's training instructor said, you know, you're a good driver when no one notices that you're driving. And a lot of times, you know, brand names, depending on what your criteria are, it might be that you want the brand to just bring you into the into your company and not have a 50 minute conversation about the Greek God of business success that you named it after. Mm -hmm. Maybe that doesn't advance the conversation. Mm -hmm. So um, you might end up with two to three top names. If that's the case, Uh, give it to that lovable trademark attorney, Uh, have them give you their good, better, best. And the final phase then is to pick that name. And that's what kicks off um, this picking the name and implementing the brand. And when you implement that brand, that triggers like a cascade of things, doesn't it? Yes. Wouldn't you say that's its kind of own animal? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I feel like the, the name is sort of one of those, oh, we got the name. And I think a lot of people just sort of stop there and they feel like, oh, "Oh, we got it. It's done. We've got our marketing plan. It's done. And now then it it hits them and like, 
Holy how, moly. How do we get this out of here? Yeah. How, how, how do we tell people who we are now? And we have it, the name. We know. We're, we're very clear in who we are. Now we have to make sure everyone else will feel the same way. And we got to go, you know, hire advertising or do social media or figure out yeah so -hmm. that's kind of a conundrum so in in an encapsulated form we're going to touch on that brand implementation and that could be its own show but we're going to give (laughs) it to you in short form i would just say the things to watch out for is it's the sequence that you launch it in is Mm -hmm. to me the most important thing so you want to let two groups of people really know first and foremost what's going on that's your internal staff Right. Uh, absolutely. You need to have them on board. Yeah. On board and speaking with one voice. So they're not all saying different things about why the company changed its name. <laughs> yeah. You no. want to tell them we are changing the name or we're creating this name or we went with this name because it reflects this. And it, you know, we're growing bigger to serve you better, maybe is what it is. And our name reflects that. Our last name was very constrictive and people didn't understand or thought we only did this. With this name, we're going to be able to do that. And maybe you have an employee luncheon, maybe there's a rollout, something internally. So get your internal team all saying the same thing. Then before you go out, before you shoot that press release out to the public, bring in your most important customers and have one-on-one lunches with them. And say, we've just, here's a chance to just show them some love, tell them how much you appreciate their business, and tell them how excited you are that they've been part of your growth story. And as part of it, you are going to do this. You're, you're creating this name because it's going to allow you then to serve them even better and be you know, more capable in meeting their needs. Spin it into the positive so that this doesn't get away from you. And they call up and go, I read in the paper, or I saw this, or I didn't realize, do you guys change your name? Do you get a new owner? So it, that preempts all that because now you've already talked to all the important people, your staff, your best customers. Now you're ready to go issue the press release and do the planned rollover onto your website. And all of that is just setting up a Gantt chart and doing that project management and what needs to come first. And the only thing I would really advise is just really look at the order, the sequential order of what comes out first. You just don't want to catch important stakeholders off guard or by surprise. You want it to be proactive and load everybody's lips with what you've been talking about in all your brand strategy meetings. Right. Right. The same things you've been talking about internally. We want our brand to reflect this, 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 and this. And so you have those conversations so that that's reflected in your rollout. And then there's just the 101 little nickel and dime things like <laughs> yeah. the social media, securing the Facebook and the and the Twitter page. And I don't know that it's as important on that level to have exact matches. No. I think with Tungsten, we're at Tungsten Brand on yeah. Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't sweat in picking your name that everything has to be 100% match up. Yeah. Uh, people will find you. So... Then the last thing you'll probably do is roll out your, your company newsletter. And that's just kind of telling the world, you know, here we are. Here's what we've done. Mm-hmm. And our experience has been people like, well, how disruptive is this? Usually within several weeks, people don't even hardly ever look back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think people think everything is a big deal. And changing the name is a big deal. and Everybody will be confused. Will no be one will confused. know us. And it seems to always be the opposite it every is. single time. 
people get used to it. Yeah, you know, wholesale landscape supply was pretty meaningless. And then they came up with Big Earth, and immediately the customer reaction was, oh, so it's Big Earth now. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Hey, listen, do you guys have any truckloads of... <laughs> right. So sometimes instead of being this big disruption, everything they thought it was, it's kind of anticlimactic. It's like, oh, well, you like the name? Yeah, that's a great name. But anyway, I want to order this. And that's how business should be. The name should do exactly that. It should progress your business allow easier facilitation, portability of the name, memorability of the name, hit all those tick boxes that that you went through. So today we've been talking about strategies for managing the branding process and how to come out with a successful outcome. What we're curious today to know is what are your thoughts, what are your experiences, and what are your questions? Yeah, your about, questions. About the branding process. So if you have a question, we didn't address it today. Or about branding, naming, anything in general. Just hit us, info at Tungsten Branding. Email or, us at info at tungstenbranding.com. Yeah, or just... Facebook message us yeah. at Tungsten Brand or add us on Twitter yeah, at and, Tungsten Brand. And we have a community on uh, on Facebook and just jump in there and just say, I got a quick question for you. And we're real good about getting back. And we want to tend, spend some time um, each and every podcast at the end answering your questions. Um so we so, want to, and you know you have one. You're thinking of one of right now. Right here. Yes, you're going yes. like if only I could ask them this question. Mm-hmm. And it's different. One of the challenges of today's show was that when you go through a branding process, it's really different the larger it becomes. You know, managing. Um, uh, we had a company that came to us and they were going to rebrand. Uh, I think five credit unions, and that's a little bit different than somebody that's two or three guys that are rebranding an IT company. Yeah. So if you say, well, you know, how do we manage expectations or what about uh, incoming or outgoing leadership teams and how do you do this? Shoot us a question. Yeah. Engage us. We're available. We freely share our knowledge with you. Yeah. And And we we want to answer. Yes. On air. On air. So um, thanks for uh, joining us this week. We hope this has been a big benefit to you. If you've got other questions about the, the naming process, we have several articles on the site. So just go to our our resources page and shoot us your questions. And we look forward to speaking with you next week on another enlightening episode of Brilliant Branding. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.